0: We are all fighting for our customers' attention and desire in general. The competition is constantly increasing with even more beauty players in the industry. And we all know there is more to it than just securing a space for a loyalty card in the customer's purse. Again, it's about offering the best experience and to stay relevant for the clients. And I would say also convenience, meeting the customer where he or she prefers, in the right channel, at the right time, with the right offer. Hello,
1: my name is Lauren D'Souza, and you're listening to Retain, the Customer Retention Podcast. More and more companies are wanting to focus on retaining customers. But what exactly are the powers of customer retention? And how are companies using it to keep their customers coming back for more? That's what we're here to find out. Joining me today is Sabrina Booth. The marketing director for Sephora in Germany, Switzerland, and Scandinavia. Sephora is a French multinational beauty retailer that specializes in makeup, skincare, fragrance, and hair care products. Sabrina is an experienced marketing and branding expert known for her innovative and strategic approach to marketing and has been credited with the success of several high-profile campaigns. Welcome to the show, Sabrina. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks for having me. I am excited for our conversation today. I see Sephora everywhere. And actually, now that I think about it on so many episodes of this podcast alone, I mention Sephora Beauty Insiders or even when I'm talking to my clients as well. So very much well versed with the whole Sephora brand, the loyalty program. So I'm really excited to hear your perspectives on things today. So thank you so much for joining us. And let's jump into the conversation by first learning a little bit more about yourself and your role at Sephora.
0: Yes. So as you mentioned, I'm the marketing director for what we call the Sephora Dense Hub, which is Germany, Switzerland and Scandi. I joined as a digital and marketing director, but I'm currently overseeing marketing and PR only for the full hub now. So I joined two years ago and I have extended background within e-commerce, digital marketing and actually beauty in general. So, yeah,
1: that's really cool. And what led you to Sephora? What were you doing right before that? I know you mentioned e-commerce and beauty. Was there something specific that led you to Sephora?
0: I came directly from our main competitor in Denmark, Metas, the leading beauty retailer in Denmark.
1: So I'm excited to chat about Sephora because they do so many things, right? Obviously, I'm based in Canada, so the main Sephora things that I'm seeing are Canadian related things, but I'm sure on a global scale, Sephora really has it down packed with their loyalty program, their retention efforts, things like that. And I think it's really intriguing to understand what goes into all of these customer retention efforts because Sephora is a huge global brand. And so doing things at scale is so important to understand whether you're a small business or a huge business, because it kind of all comes down to the same efforts at the end of the day. So I'm curious to know from your point of view, what is the approach from Sephora to customer retention?
0: Well, at Sephora, we have a very high proportion of sales from our loyal customers, actually. So obviously, we are super conscious about keeping pampering our most valued and loyal clients. So we are basically moving away from heavy discount and promotion driven approach to a more appealing, I would say, member benefit pre-access, exclusive events, even gift with purchases, et cetera. And given this high share of loyal sales, we're actually working a lot with increasing our lifetime value of our clients, frequency, items per basket, average, older value, and so on. So even more important KPIs than the actual churn rate, I would say, when we talk loyalty behavior in general. And
1: with the retention going hand in hand with something like customer service, how is that approach the same or different from delivering excellent customer service, do you think?
0: Well, we always strive towards going beyond meeting, I would say, the basic needs of our clients, like service experience are, of course, key drivers for us. We are constantly improving our services, our customer path, both in-store and online. We are improving our offer, our assortment, service level, training and duty advisors, and so on. This is actually where we see ourselves as a brand being able to differentiate us from our competitors, because entering a for a store is much more than I would say a transactional exercise. It's an experience or it should be at least. It should be learning, educational, and hopefully you will always exit the store or the app or even the website feeling a little bit more joyful and inspired. I really like that. And I like the emphasis on the actual
1: experience, not just Hitting a KPI and following a certain metric. It's more about the actual experience itself, which I was going to say every time I've been to a Sephora, I've had an interesting experience. One really notable one, when you mentioned education, was that Benefit had a brow bar at the time that I had entered one of the downtown locations in Toronto. And I don't know how to do my own eyebrows. I have no idea what the heck to do. And I learned so much that day and I walked out of there, new products in hand, new education about my eyebrows. I learned all these wonderful things. But one thing I even notice is small little patterns where SFOR is always improving customer experience. Things like the name of the sales people on the floor are not salespeople or cashier or something like that. It's beauty advisor or someone who's a beauty guru or someone who's very knowledgeable on beauty. So I know that when I'm asking them a question, they're gonna tell me something that's on their expertise and I can actually feel like they know exactly what they're talking about. And even too, a lot of people in my community talked about the fact that during COVID, the pickup process from Sephora was so flawless and so seamless. I think I started buying things from Sephora just to go out and pick up something from someone.
0: (laughs) So it was a lot of fun. (laughs) I'm super glad to hear that. And also using the beauty advices in our content and all our channels like social media, newsletters, and so on is of course key for us elevating the brand and elevating the brand experience in general.
1: And I'm curious to know with your role, how does this all come into play with what you do? Because I'm sure... There's so many different teams working on it. Everyone's focused on it in a different lens. How does this fall under your role and what specific things do you focus on to do with the customer experience and the retention efforts for Sephora?
0: Well, first of all, I oversee marketing, PR, but uh, definitely also customer path is a joint effort at Sephora where my approach would be more top funnel, like driving the awareness, especially in, I would say, in Germany and Scandi, where our awareness is lower than Canada, as an example. It's a joint effort between departments to drive this awareness, but also broaden out the message about our customer experience and how well-educated the beauty advisors are in the stores, which is definitely a competitive advantage for us. So I would say the most important part of my job, and maybe also even this most exciting part of my job, is actually broaden out this message, which I feel everyone deserves to know exactly what we offer.
1: I think it's really important as a brand like Sephora, because obviously all the brands that you offer, they have their own independent experiences. They have their own independent stores. So what's going to have someone choose Sephora over going to the actual store, which is something I actually think about a lot because Sephora keeps me coming back time and time again, because now in my mind, it's known as a hub for the go-to things for all my hair care, all my skincare, all my makeup, Everything is just all in one beautiful, simple, seamless spot. So instead of going to all the different retailers, it's just easier to go to Sephora, which I think is probably a big part of the customer path for you.
0: For sure. And we are constantly seeking towards improving all the categories and also extending the assortments and so on. So we can offer a more holistic beauty experience for all the clients.
1: That's really interesting must keep you busy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, we've touched on it a little bit, but now I want to talk a little bit more about customer loyalty programs and loyalty in general. So I'm sure in your experience with Sephora and your previous experiences, you've seen a lot of different loyalty programs, probably specifically in the beauty and cosmetic space. Do you notice that companies are putting more emphasis on loyalty programs
0: these days? And why do you think that might be? for sure. We are all fighting for our customers' attention and desire in general. The competition is constantly increasing with even more beauty players in the industry. And we all know there is more to it than just securing a space for a loyalty card in the customer's purse. Again, it's about offering the best experience and to stay relevant for the clients. And I would say also convenience, meeting the customer where he or she prefers, in the right channel, at the right time, with the right offer. Right.
1: And how does Sephora go about measuring and tracking loyalty with some of the things that you just mentioned? Well, be if hard. the customer <laughs> is
0: happy, we're happy, genuinely. <laughs> no, it can be measured in many ways, depending on the business model. So overall, customer loyalty refers to customer retention, such as number of customers that do repeat purchases. However, in today's competitive market, customer loyalty also refers to brand perception, behavior, attitude towards brand, as well as action taking towards the business, online reviews, word of mouth, etc. So yeah. we do talk a lot about emotional loyalty, community as well, friends of the Sephora brand, which must be the ultimate loyalty when you have customers vouching for your brand, being brand ambassadors by own choice.
1: And I think that's so important because there are different things that you can be tracking, just like all the options that you just gave me. And I'm sure there's many, many more. And so, I'm curious too, because from your point of view, you have such an interesting perspective on heading up marketing for such a large global brand. But a lot of the people listening to this podcast either run a business that's a bit smaller or ranging from smaller to bigger. There's businesses of all different kinds. Do you have any advice for them on what kind of things that they should look out for when measuring and tracking loyalty? Because I feel like there's so many things you could be thinking about that it's interesting to know from your perspective of how you might go about tracking that because I feel like you have a very customer centric focus on these things. And I think that's the way that a lot of companies are going. So I'm curious to know if you have any advice for companies of any size for measuring and tracking loyalty. Yeah.
0: So I would say in general, careful about only focusing on churn rate and so on, because every client, every customer had their own life cycle. And I would say a churning customer is definitely also to be seen as a potential new customer at another time. So I think in general, focus more on what you offer, the experience. I'm going to repeat myself, but if you offer a great, excellent experience, the client will come back. So of course we are all measured and and we focus on KPIs, but to be honest, focus on the experience and what's in it for me feeling. So put yourself into the customer's shoes and see for yourself. And then I would say, try your own medicine, you know, visit other stores, visit your own stores, compare, and always put yourself in the shoes of the client.
1: I think that's so important. And actually on the previous podcast that I had done, we were talking about the customer journey and really going above and beyond, not just expecting that the person's going to buy it and be happy forever, because obviously there's steps after they purchase and all that kind of stuff. And we had actually talked about this brand called Pros, which is a custom shampoo and conditioner brand and how they go above and beyond where they check in. If you're meeting your hair goals that you wanted, they make sure that they have all the defining factors about your custom product based on geographic location, because weather might be different between where you're at, where I'm at, et cetera, and going above and beyond. But one thing that I tend to find with even our game ball clients is people come to me and say, there are so many things to think about. Obviously... Retention is one, acquisition is another. There's so many different things. So, when you talk about customer experience and putting yourself in the customer's shoes, are there certain questions or ideas that come to mind when you're trying to think of how to do so? Because I feel like obviously you can just say, like, put yourself in the customer's shoes, but sometimes even I have no idea where to go from there. Have you ever done any exercises or things where you ask yourself certain questions of how to go about doing that? Because I feel like a brand like Sephora has done that really, really well. So, I'm sure. You probably have some interesting insights here.
0: Yeah, well, of course. But I would say in general, put yourself in clients' shoes by living the experience. Go to the store try the products, interact with the BAs. I always encourage everyone here to order online at least once a month to see the A to C customer journey here. And I would say in general, expect the needs of the client to change because it will. And you're always five steps behind the bigger competitors that you're comparing yourself to I
1: like the actual idea that you encourage your team to order once a month because (laughs) it's so true that you're always building for the customer, but then you're never actually thinking, what's it really like for them or what's actually going on when they're going through the process? So I like that a lot.
0: But here you will (laughs) see for yourself, is the email communication at a proper level? Do you receive the SMS? Is the recommendations that we send you in the newsletters, are they on brand? Are they uh, meeting your needs and expectations and so on? There are so many touch points in the customer journey that we take for granted or we tend to forget or something. So you have to act as a client.
1: Yeah, And I think a lot of times we make a lot of assumptions too, but then other people, even I find with a lot of messaging, the person who's building it has this idea of how someone's going to perceive that message. And then the customer actually perceived in an entirely different way so that testing would probably be very very crucial to the entire customer experience
0: for sure and basically you have to listen to the clients but you also have to listen to potential clients so in your community in reviews of course data data is key for everyone so see for yourself what is the trend do your own brand survey quite frequently and i'm curious to know from your point of view as a customer, other than Sephora,
1: unless Sephora is just your favorite one as well. But as a customer, do you have a favorite loyalty experience that stands out to you? Well,
0: we all look at Amazon Prime, of course, and I think (laughs) when we talk about latest trends and so on, having these partner or extended versions of loyalty programs, sister programs and so on, I think there are so many great loyalty programs out there just by looking at the evolution within Aviator Business, where it basically all started. If you want to be inspired, there are many cases out there that you can learn from.
1: And are you noticing there's any new and upcoming trends that are happening in loyalty programs these days?
0: I would say relevance and personalization are still important, not, I would say, latest trend, but it's still trending topics that we at least need to pay attention to. So loyalty being data-based is uh, definitely not a new trend. However, we still have to utilize data combined with the constantly evolving demands and needs of our loyal customers. And data should be a dynamic quantity that we remain obsessed with in my opinion. And on top of that, you have loyalty trends, which is coming more and more widespread. Like again, the prime program of Amazon, card linking, strategic partnerships, which is not a trend itself. However, partners and subjects can be new, I would say. As an example, it's getting more and more common that you can reduce your carbon footprint in exchange for your earned loyalty points. I don't know if you have noticed that, Actually, that's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about it. I just saw it come up as a little message
1: when I had ordered through Pay. Yes. Interesting. Funny enough, that wasn't the reason that brought me back to keep using ShopPay when I was buying from Shopify businesses. I just like how seamless and simple the checkout process was. But I guess also you're figuring out how to cater to the different evolving needs of customers and things like that, because so many more people are environmentally conscious, things like that. Even Sephora with mentioning all like the clean beauty products, Mm -hmm. environmentally friendly no animal testing, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Especially also with our target audience, which is a bit younger, I would say, at least compared to other players in the market.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. And I'm sure how you mentioned that you're obsessed with data, which I think is so, so, so important. I'm sure that's what you're using to constantly change and update Sephora retention and loyalty strategies, I'm assuming. For sure.
0: We are constantly listening carefully to our clients and listening through data as well. And we constantly change according to their needs. So, yeah, it's a constant transformation and we do not consider our loyalty program as a final formula for the perfect framework. We see this as a dynamic size.
1: Also, out of curiosity, I'm curious because... Obviously, Sephora being such a big company, but you have to be so dynamic with the data. And like you just said, it's not a final product. It's consistently being iterated on. How do you stay so nimble as a team to be able to say, okay, here's what we have. Here's the data that we're seeing. We're listening to our customers. We have to change pretty quickly because I'm sure you probably have to change things on a whim from my guess, based on customer demands changing and things like that. How do you
0: stay (laughs) so dynamic? (laughs) We need to change and we want to change according to needs and preferences. It's the only way to stay relevant and competitive. We're still in a learning phase. It's Mm -hmm. it's trial and error. (laughs) And then we share actually best practices across markets, speaking of being in different regions and so on. We don't have a, a one fits all solution. I love that. I think that's the
1: way to go because at the end of the day, it's so different based on the different regions, the different demands, all that kind of stuff. Somewhere tropical doesn't need the same kind of products that I need here in Canada when it's really cold outside. (laughs) Well, that's really interesting. And I think you provided some really great insights on the way that you should approach thinking about retention, thinking about loyalty, how a crazy, wonderful global brand like Sephora goes about doing something like that. Did you have any other final thoughts on these kind of strategies before we go into our lightning round?
0: I will encourage everyone listening, anyone interested in loyalty programs, don't be afraid of trying things out, even if it hasn't been tested before or anything, because sometimes you just got it, you know, and sometimes you get surprised by what's working, what is not working. I would say, listen to the clients. And with listening, I mean, every touch point, it's of course data, but it's definitely also the world outside the market trends, mechanisms, and within your own community as well. Yeah, I really like that. It just not being fearful of what may work and may not yeah. work because
1: I think it's actually a good lesson in that as well because so many times we get so attached to the ideas that we have
0: that when it doesn't work out, it's just such
1: a defeat. But
0: yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's about fine-tuning, it. you know? Some yeah, absolutely. might not work in the beginning and then you you try again. That's a
1: great way to bring this whole conversation to a close. But the way that I typically end these conversations is with a lightning round. Mm -hmm. So just a couple of interesting questions and learn a little bit more about yourself as well. And then we'll end on a piece of advice, which is always a nice way to end the show for us. Yeah. Yeah. So three quick questions for you, and then we'll get to the advice. Okay. Lightning round question number one. What is one piece of advice you would give to aspiring marketers?
0: Don't settle. Don't be afraid of failure. Like I said before, trial and error is the way to proceed. And I am a big fan of growth hacking in general. I love that.
1: Okay. Lightning round question number two, which is harder, customer acquisition or customer retention? Mm,
0: Tough one. (laughs) Yeah, that's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would say equally hard depending on the relationship cyclists. So like, would you rather be attractive or hard to live without once one has gotten to know you? It's, it's <laughs> a <significant>, you know? <laughs> That's such a good way to put it. <laughs> I would say always prioritize your most loyal clients. New potential clients and business opportunities will come, but maintaining and establishing a long-term relationship with your customers takes time and investment from your side. So yeah, focus on the loyal client if you have to choose. <laughs> Yes,
1: I agree. I definitely agree with the fact that you said it's equally hard because you actually do need a balance of both and they do depend on each other as much as it seems like they don't. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Lightning round question three. Which music artist or band has the best branding in your opinion? (laughs) love this question.
0: Well, one of the, I would say, current and most innovative brands would be maybe Ariana Grande, in my opinion. Personally, might not be target audience, but my 10-year-old daughter definitely for sure is. (laughs) But I think Ariane is capable of creating a subculture around her, in her community, in her career. Her career has skyrocketed within a few years. So recently actually launching her own makeup brand. At Jeez. least it was launched in Europe. Oh, cool. At Sephora, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just look at her, you know, easily recognizable with her ponytail, cat wing eyeliner. You cannot miss her. She actually had a campaign last year, I think, on social media where she had all the pictures and visuals upside down. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. It instantly went viral. And this was, of course, immediately adapted a new trend. And she for sure got people's attention. And I mean, her name, you know, she's this tiny, beautiful artist and her last name is Grande. I think it all adds up, you know, I think she's great. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. Great answer. I was actually thinking in my head, the first two that come to mind is actually Taylor Swift, because So many people, even if you don't like her, I'm actually not a huge fan of Taylor Swift myself, but you have to give it to her for the fact that her branding is actually top notch. And she's almost even formed like a cult around her people who are what they call Swifties. So you do have Ah, to respect the fact that people have really followed her and all that she sings about. And yeah. the other one is Rihanna, who I absolutely adore. Yeah. And that's actually mainly because of the Super Bowl and how people talked about the fact that yes. she still marketed Fenty yes. while she was in the show because she had put like the powder on her face while she was mid-show. And I think she's one of the first self-made billionaires, if I'm not mistaken, women billionaires. Uh, she's amazing. But and her branding Rampy, is just...
0: Yeah, it's just
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's our lightning round. And we're going to close off on one final question, which is a piece of advice. So is there a piece of marketing or
0: life advice that someone shared with you once that has always stayed with you? I would actually refer to my previous answer with really don't settle. You know, it's great to have high ambitions and reach for the stars. I think even in your personal life, in your professional life, the most important part is that you try that you give it your best again, professionally or personal. It's so hard to be, you know, swamped up by competitors or other people doing amazing things. And you kind of, you know, look at yourself saying, what can I do? How can I contribute to the bigger picture? But you can, we all can. So yeah, just give it a go.
1: I like that advice a lot too, because I think It's not saying that once you make it to an awesome role or something like that, that you should just stop doing that. That should be a methodology that you go after all the time because even someone as established as yourself, you're still doing that. It's not like you're just at the start of your career and trying it out for the first time. I think it's a mentality that's always improving, always iterating, which brings a lot of positivity when things don't go your way, which is nice. So. I really like that advice a lot. And it's a really nice way to end the show. So thank you so much for joining me today, Sabrina. It was a pleasure to have
0: you on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Retain the Customer Retention Podcast is brought to you by Gameball. To find out how you can turn visitors and occasional buyers into loyal, lifetime customers, head to gameball.com. Make sure to subscribe to Retain the Customer Retention Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time.